airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron the Addisons here on American Family Radio. And I'm Will Addison, once again holding it down for the program. Great, great to be with you. Uh, I have some things planned today that I want to discuss. And um, I'm, I'm hoping that it would just be an encouragement, but also a challenge to us as, as believers in, in Christ, uh, that we will stand firm upon the word of God. But first, I want to get through some uh, housekeeping things. Um, once again, know that you can download our podcast at AFR.net, AFR.net, and just search for Airing the Addisons. Also, you can email us at Addisons at AFR.net. Also, we have a announcement here about the AFA Home with Walker, at home with Walker Wildman. And that'll be Thursday, October 8th, 7 p.m. Central. So join us for a virtual town hall meeting featuring a conversation about the significant cultural issues in our nation. With the election only weeks away, we need to inform uh, on what's at stake for our nation and our family. The guests will include Tim Barton, the Benham brothers, David and Jason, Abraham Hamilton III, Richard Land, Star Parker, and Sandy Rios. And some of the topics are uh, religious liberty, uh, censorship and social media, the sanctity of life, the judicial branch, socialism, and the threat to America's republic. So to pre-register to watch this special event online for free, October 8th at 7 p.m. Central Time, pre-register and visit, visit AFAaction.net, AFAaction.net. So make sure you, you uh, go and check that out. It's going to be a, a great thing, and I think it's going to be very informative, you know, just about what's happening uh, right now. Also, I want to ask all of you to pray for this uh, share that's coming up next week, October 13th through October 15th. October 13th through the 15th. Uh, this year's theme is Our Living Hope. And that scripture reference is 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 3 through 9. And I'll just read it because, look, we love the word of God. We love the straight edge of scripture. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope uh, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, although it is tested by fire, may be found to uh, found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, whom whom having not seen, you love, 
though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your fate, the salvation of your soul. So that's the uh, theme of our Sherathon uh, coming up next week, October 13th through the 15th, our living hope. And the scripture reference there was First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 9. This will also want to give you greetings from the Addison family. Miki is still uh, holding it down at home. She'll be back soon. Believe me, she's chomping at the bit, but uh, she's, she'll be back soon. And all the, the kids are doing fine. One, one cool thing about it is, is just to see your other children. We have six children now. And to see all the other siblings, you know, just really uh, rally around and help. Man, it's awesome to see. You know, one of the things that we were kind of uh, wondering about was our little Sam Witt, who is four years old now, and uh, he's a mama's boy. And so we was wondering how he would uh, respond. And as of now, he has been responding, you know, well. And so we'll see as, as time goes on, you know, if there's some sibling, sibling rivalry there. But, man, praise God for a family. You know, Brother Abraham always said that that's our full-time job you know, taking care of our family. And uh, we need to keep that in the forefront of our hearts and our minds, especially, you know, as we go forward uh, with what's going on, even in America, that the family has to be strong. Our family, families have to be strong. And so we, we need to keep that in mind. But something I want to encourage you guys with uh, this afternoon, um, and it's an encouragement for all who are in the family of God. If you have been born again, if you are converted or you if you have been taken out of the domain of darkness into the, the marvelous light of Jesus Christ, I'm talking to you. Uh, we are literally family. We are literally family because of the blood of Jesus Christ. But I want to uh, speak for just a moment before we get into a couple uh, stories and different things we want to talk about. Uh, the idea that we have weapons. We have weapons. As Christians, we have weapons. And as Christians, we, we have heavy-duty artillery on our side. And we are in a spiritual battle, but God has given us all that we need to fight and to overcome. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we can walk around as we view things that's happening in our world, get sidetracked, and feel like we're weak, that we are easily overcome. Like, what, where's the hope? Man, you know, as we look at certain things, you might think, oh, man, how are we going to get out of this? Or what's going to happen now? But know that you are overcoming through Jesus Christ and we have weapons. Uh, we, are, we are prone at times to feel powerless as darts are being thrown at us all day. The flesh, our minds, the devil is always on the attack. His mode of operation is to steal, kill and destroy. But the Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. And that's First John 3, 8. You know, the apostles in the New Testament compares us to sojourners and pilgrims and aliens and even soldiers. And this idea of being a soldier constantly in, in a war, in a, in a warlike position, but protected at all times and always advancing. And we see this in uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Um, starting at verse 10, where it talks about that we don't fight against, we don't fight against flesh and blood, 
Let me just get that scripture here. I'll just read it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the, the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this, of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness uh, in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition praying at all times in the spirit and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. We're covered y'all as we walk through this life. If we're armored up, we're covered and there's nothing that the enemy uh, can do about that, but we have to be, be covered up. We have to be ready uh, and understand that we are in a war. You know, there are different things that God is, has given us. You know, different and some people call them spiritual uh, disciplines. Some people, you know, call them, uh, you know, just ways that we should live as Christians, things that we should do. But I say we have heavy artillery. We have heavy artillery. And some of the things that we have at our disposal, number one, we have God himself. The Holy Spirit indwells us. Now, think about that. The Holy Spirit indwells us. So what can we not do? What cannot be accomplished if we really just step back and think that God indwells us? Man, I think that that would put our minds, our whole perspective in a different realm. I think we forget often that God indwells us. Literally, he indwells us. So we have the Holy Spirit. We have the word. The Bible says that we resist the devil and he will flee. The way that uh, the devil will flee is because of the word of God. That's what Jesus did. When he was tempted, he used the word and the devil had to leave. He came back at a more opportune time, but he had to flee. We have prayer. The Bible says that man ought to always, men ought to always pray and not lose heart and not think. Like I said yesterday, the, the reason that we lose heart, the, we, the reason that we faint is because we're not praying. Prayer is a weapon. You remember when the apostles, when they were persecuted and they, and they went back and they got together and they prayed and the house was shaking where they were and they received boldness. Prayer helps us to, to fight the good fight, to war like, like God wants us to war. Fasting. Oh, we don't like to talk about this. Fasting. And I'm talking about giving up food. And when you fast, you know, this does something to you, but it also breaks strongholds. Remember when, when they were trying to cast out that demon and Jesus said, hey, this, this one, this type only comes out through fasting and prayer. There are some things that are only going to happen through fasting and prayer. That's just the bottom line. And, so, and in, our, in, in our Christianity here, we have kind of moved fasting to the back burner. You know, nah, we got to eat. We got to have this. But man, fasting is a discipline 
that man that God has instituted. You know, when he was talking about prayer, when he was talking about giving, when Jesus was talking about this stuff, when he was talking about fasting, he said, when you fast. So it wasn't an option. It wasn't like, well, you know, if you fast, no, when you fast, how many of us are fasting or praying? Worship, man, worship is a weapon. Our praise is a weapon. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3, it, talk, it talks about the garment of praise instead of the, the uh, a spirit of fainting or, or, or spirit of uh, heaviness. That's, that's weaponry. You know, uh, supplication, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a weapon because the enemy will want you not to be thankful, not to, be, not to have a gratitude like towards God, a grateful heart. But thanksgiving is a weapon. Faith, having faith, believing in God, believing that God is who he is. These are all things that God has given us. So for you, Christian, don't be dismayed as you look around, as you see things happening. Man, let's practice these disciplines so that we'll be strong, that in a day of adversity, we won't faint. Let's pick up our uh, armor and put it on. Let's Let's take these weapons and utilize them. You know, no one would go into a war and just put his weapon on the side and say, I'm about, I'm about to go into this war. I'm on the front line, but I don't need this gun. I don't need this protection. I don't need this helmet. No one would say that. But why do we live as Christians as if, you know, that's not a war that's going on right now? There's a war that's going on and we need every piece of weaponry that, the, that God has given us. And so I want to encourage you that we you might not you might not see the battle, but it's happening. The war is raging and it's on. But I want to let you know, Christian, that you have weapons and the weapons that we fight with are not carnal. They're not like uh, the things of this world. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, and we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 6. People of God, we have weapons. Let's fight. This is Aaron Addison here on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, and I'm Will Addison, once again, half of airing the Addison's. So I guess it's once again airing the Addison. Uh, but uh, as you guys know, we just had a, a, a baby boy and uh, Mickey's home uh, with the baby. 
recovering, but she'll be back soon. Um, she's looking forward to uh, talking and speaking with you guys on various topics. We have so much that we would love to say. Um, and, and we're just hoping that uh, the show has been an encouragement in the walk of the believer. Like we really have a, a heart for the body of Christ. Uh, we desire to see the church be the church in a time that we're living in. Uh, it's so necessary that we stand firm and stand strong, you know, in these days. Like the world needs a representation of, of who Jesus Christ is. And, uh, and that we always talk about following and reading the, the, the straight edge of Scripture. Well, that's our standard. And uh, the things you, you would hear on this show, uh, we talk a lot about, you know, the church and, and how uh, the things that are happening in society and in our culture, you know, how um, it may affect the church and how some things should not be affecting the church, you know. And we have a lot of things going on. Uh, there's, you know, the coronavirus, there's the election coming up, uh, there's all type of racial tensions and there's a lot of things happening. But we have to d desire uh, to, to keep our eyes on the Lord and to set our affections on things above. You know, I wanted to talk about something um, today, just kind of mention, because we didn't get a chance to do this last week. And we know that there was a de uh, debate, the presidential debate last week. And there were some things in that debate. And I was like, man, you know, uh, first of all, it was rough to watch. It was rough to watch. And I know there's another debate coming up tomorrow with the, uh, the VP candidates. Um, and I think that debate will be uh, much different. <laughs> I expect it to be much different. But I I've just been pondering on a few things from the debate last week with uh, President Trump and uh, Vice President uh, Biden, former Vice President Biden. And uh, there was a couple things that stuck out to me. Uh, one of the things I want to kind of talk about today. Now, there was a, um, a segment where Chris Wallace, who was the moderator for the debate, uh, he wanted to bring up uh, racial tensions and things that were going on as far as that in, the, in America and, you know, why... Uh, you as a candidate uh, would be the one to tackle this issue. And so he raised that question and uh, former Vice President Biden gave his answer. And then President Trump came back and gave his answer. And uh, but something really stuck out to me. And I was like, man, it, it seemed like it was a huge blown opportunity uh, to really highlight some things that President Trump uh, has done and is planning on doing Uh for the uh, black community, you know, um, and I know we hate to talk in terms of black and white, but as far as uh, this goes in this political uh, landscape, that's the conversation. And that's that's one of the things that they, they talk about, you know, and I, I just thought, man, that was a, a, a miss there. Now, I will say this. I believe that President Trump came into the debate kind of, you know, uh, Already on a 10 because all this stuff that has been done to him, man, since he's been in office, I, I mean, I'm not old, but I don't remember any president going through the things that President Trump has gone through in these almost four years. I just I don't remember it. And so I think going into this debate hasn't been hit so hard by impeachment and collusion and all this stuff. You know, he probably had all of that 
on his mind and say, I'm just going off, you know, <laughs> and um, and it, it caused it to be a pretty um, crazy debate. And, you know, they were they were uh, talking over each other and things like that. But when it came to this question, I just had a I had a question, this question about um, who would be the best to to tackle the racial issues and things. You know, I believe it would be President Trump. I think he has proven himself uh, in these past years that he's done a lot for black America. He's done a lot for Americans in general. But I just want to talk about this specific topic. He's done a lot. You know, I remember him on the campaign trail saying, what do you have to lose? And I remember thinking, man, you know, he's right. (laughs) He's right about that. You know, because there's a lot of pandering that goes on. There's a lot of, you know, uh, almost like the thought that we already have y'all. So we don't have to like, you know, present anything. And so when he said, what do you have to lose? I, I thought I wasn't offended by that. I was like, man, that's real. And so when this question came up and I, and I'll play the question that uh, Chris Wallace um, posed to them, which I would also have to say, I was very disappointed at Chris Wallace. I felt like he, I felt like president Trump was pretty much debating two people. <laughs> at one time, you know, but this was the question that was posed to President Trump. And uh, and we, I'm going to play the question. I'm going to play Biden's uh, answer and then Trump's response. The issue of race. Vice President Biden, you say that President Trump's response to the violence in Charlottesville three years ago when he talked about very fine people on both sides was what directly led you to launch this run for president. Oh, yeah, sure. President Trump, you have often said that you believe you have done more for black Americans than any president with the possible exception of Abraham Lincoln. My question for the two of you is why should voters trust you rather than your opponent to deal with the race issues facing this country over the next four years? Vice President Biden, you go first. All right. So that's a clear question. You know, he, he and it's crazy because if if Joe Biden is running for president because of the Charlottesville thing and what and, and the good people on both sides, we already know that the media lied about all of that. How they made it seem like President President Trump was saying something that he wasn't saying is that if that's the reason why a main reason why he's running, I'm like, OK, come on, man. But Chris Wallace Pose the question, and it's funny because you can hear President Trump saying, "Oh, really? Uh, okay." You can hear him in the background. He he always has something to say, and so uh, he posed this question about who would be the best candidate to tackle these issues. And so uh, here's uh, former Vice President Joe Biden's uh, response: It's about equity and equality. It's about decency. It's about the Constitution, and we have never walked away from trying to require equity for everyone, equality for the whole of America. But we've never accomplished it, but we've never walked away from it like he has done. It is true. The reason I got in the races when those people, close your eyes, remember what those people look like coming out of the fields, carrying torches, their veins bulging, spewing, just spewing anti-Semitic bile and accompanied by the Ku Klux Klan. A young woman got killed and they asked the president what he thought. He said there were very fine people on both sides. No president's ever Finish said anything statement. like that. It, it, it is his now, second, minutes, sir. second point I'd make to you is that when 
Floyd was killed, when Mr. Floyd was killed, there was a peaceful protest in front of the White House. What did he do? He came out of his bunker, had the military do use tear gas on him so he could walk across to a church and hold up a Bible. And then what happened after that? The bishop of that very church said that it was the disgrace. The general who was with him said he all he, all he ever wants to do is divide people, not unite people at all. This is a president who has used everything as a dog whistle to try to generate racist hatred, racist division. This is a man who, in fact, you talk about helping African-Americans. One in 1,000 African-Americans has been killed because of the coronavirus. And if he doesn't do something quickly, by the end of the year, one in 500 will have been killed. One in 500 African-Americans. This man, this man, is the, is the savior of African-Americans? This man cares at all? This man's done virtually nothing. Look, the fact is that you have to look at what he talks about. You have to look at what he did. And what he did has been disastrous for the African-American community. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, some of the things that you've done, Vice President uh, Biden, have, have been very destructive to the African-American community. I don't even like saying that either. Um, Let's talk about that crime bill, you know, um, and, you know, you like they like to go back to the Charlottesville thing. And that's been debunked so many times. Like there's so many videos. If you can go back and you can watch the video when he what President Trump made the statement and see that he wasn't talking about, you know, Nazis and all these people being good people. He was talking about people that were there to protest peacefully. So that's been debunked. I'm not going to get all into that. But. Joe Biden, as always, you know, he, he lobs these attacks, you know, that the president is racist and that, you know, he's bad for the black community and all of this stuff. Now, my my thing, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, oh, man, President Trump about to get him all these accomplishments, all these things that he's done. And I'm thinking in my mind, man, he just released the platinum uh, plan for black America. I think it was the Friday before in Atlanta, in Hotlanta, <laughs> he released it. And I'm like, man, so I, I just saw like a roundhouse kick coming, you know, and, and, and President Trump saying, look, I've done this. I've done that. This proves that, man, I've done more for the black community than you've done over your whole span of being, you know, uh, a politician I've done in three years. So I was expecting that. So I was just kind of sitting back with my proverbial popcorn and I was, I was ready to listen, but here was uh, president president uh, Trump's response to uh, Joe Biden. So president Trump, you have two minutes. Why should Americans trust you over your opponent to deal with racism? He did a crime bill 1994 where you call them super predators, African-Americans, the super predators, and they've never forgotten it. They've never forgotten it, Joe. No, no, sir, it's his two minutes. So you did that, and they call you a super predator, and I'm letting people out of jail now that you have treated the African-American population community, you have treated the black community about as bad as anybody in this country. You did the 1990, and that's why, if you look at the polls, I'm doing better than any Republican has done in a long time, because they saw what you did. You call them super predators, and you've called them worse than that. 
because you look back at your testimony over the years, you've called them a lot worse than that. As far as the church is concerned, and as far as the generals are concerned, we just got the support of 200 mil 250 military leaders and generals, total support. Law enforcement, almost every law enforcement group in the United States. I have Florida, I have Texas, I have Ohio, I have every, excuse me, Portland. The sheriff just came out today and he said, I support President Trump. I don't think you have any law enforcement. You can't even say the word law enforcement because if you say those words, you're going to lose all of your radical left supporters. And why aren't you saying those words, Joe? Why don't you say the words law enforcement? Because you know what? If they called us in Portland, we would put out that fire in a half an hour, but they won't do it because they're run by radical left Democrats. If you look at Chicago, if you look at any place you want to look, Seattle, they heard we were coming in the following day and they put up their hands and we got back Seattle. Minneapolis, we got it back, Joe, because we believe in law and order, but you don't. The top 10 cities and just about the top 40 cities are run by Democrats and in many cases, radical left. And they've got you wrapped around their finger, Joe, to a point where you don't want to say anything about law and order. And I'll tell you what, the people of this country want and demand law and order, and you're afraid to even say it. Okay, so I would say right there, um, President Trump started off talking about the crime bill. Then he said, uh, you've called them super predators. Now, I would say that that was not Joe Biden that said that it was Hillary Clinton, but they feel the same way. I mean, come on, you know, but he didn't say that. Um, but he but that crime bill was egregious. Now. I was expecting and you know what else, Joe? Have you checked out my platinum plan for black America? Have you seen what I've done there? What about uh, criminal justice reform? Something that nobody else has really gotten done. Uh, what about the permanent uh, funding for HBCUs? What about that? What about, you know, expanded affordable options for, for better health? What about opportunity zones? What about opportunity zones? Tax breaks for investing in low income areas. You know, what, what about that? But he didn't do that. And I thought that was a huge miss, you know, because what because what happened after that was it was this feeling of, well, why not? Because the, the platinum plan was just released like the week before. So why not hit him with that uppercut platinum plan? Now, I pose this question to my friends on Facebook. And this was my post. I said, thinking about the presidential debate from last week and some of the questions asked, I'm still wondering why President Trump didn't highlight his platinum plan for black America in the midst of being called racist and being told that he supports white supremacy. Uh, it seems to be uh, nowhere on his radar, even though he unveiled it the week before in Atlanta. Uh, this leads me uh, to believe maybe it really wasn't his plan. And that was a question I posed out there. And a lot of people responded and they gave me some insight. Some people who are more into politics gave me some insight, you know, into what they felt like the president was doing. But I just thought that that was a great opportunity for him, him to really hit Joe Biden hard with what he's done. And I don't, I'm not saying that he necessarily has to prove himself, but I, I think it would have been a beautiful thing for him to say, Hold on. I'm the best president for this because of look of look at what I've done. What have you done? Even as vice president, what did you do? Nothing. 
We'll talk more about this after the break. This is Erin Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. I want to return to the question of race. Vice President Biden, after the grand jury in the Breonna Taylor case, decided not to charge any of the police with homicide. You said it raises the question, quote, whether justice could be equally applied in America. Do you believe that there is a separate but unequal system of justice for blacks in this country? Yes, there is. There's systemic injustice in this country, in education, in work, and in in law enforcement and the, and the way in which it's enforced. But look, the vast majority of police officers are good, decent, honorable men and women. They risk their lives every day to take care of us. But there are some bad apples. And when they occur, when they find them, they have to be sorted out. They have to be held accountable. They have to be held accountable. And what I'm going to do as president of the United States is call a, a together an entire group of people at the White House well, everything from the civil rights groups to the police officers, to the police chiefs, and we're going to work this out. We're going to work this out. So we change the way in which we have more transparency in when these things happen. These cops aren't happy to see what happened to, to, to George Floyd. These cops aren't happy to see what happened to Breonna Taylor. Most don't like it. But we have to have a system where people are held accountable. When, and by the way, violence and response is never appropriate. Never appropriate. Peaceful protest is. Violence is never appropriate. All right, what is peaceful President, protest? When they run through the middle President, of the town Trump, and burn down President your stores Trump, and kill people President all over Trump, the place? That and you is say not peaceful, peaceful protest. No, it's I'm not, not asking, but you say it is. President Trump, I'd like to continue with yes, the issue ahead, of race. Please. I promise we're going to get to the issue of law and order please. in a moment. Fine. All right. This is uh, Will Addison. You're listening to Aaron Addison's. And that was just a, a piece of the debate that happened uh, last week. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to talk about this at all. Uh, so I just wanted to circle back to to this particular clip because it stuck out to me. Uh, I, I think it was a missed opportunity. But I will say this, that uh, number one, Joe Biden did stay on the question, but President Trump did get him uh, he, because he could not say <laughs> law and order right there. Like he didn't he didn't really want to talk about that. And I think what President Trump was trying to do was, you know, say, look, to to. Um, to the voters like this guy doesn't care about law and order you know when he brought when president trump brought up about protests well when joe biden brought up about peaceful protest i think president trump was right to ask him what is a peaceful protest you know people getting their head bashed in you know that's peaceful because all up until that point they had not really been saying a lot until the pressure was on and it had to say something about the riots that were taking place but I, I do think because you heard uh, Chris Wallace was trying to circle, trying to circle back to the, the question about race. So he was trying to and he said, look, we're going to we're going to talk about uh, law and order later. And they did. They talked about it again. But I, I have here I'm just reading this platinum plan. And I just wish and I, and I know I think President Trump, you know, 
I know what it's like, you know, to uh, be in the heat of the moment or something and not really communicate effectively. <laughs> I do it all the time, you know. So I'm not saying that, you know, it was just terrible what he did, but I think it was a missed opportunity. I don't know if he was adequately prepared for that question because and it's it's hard. It's hard for me to understand why not, because uh, all of the things that he has has done. And I know some people who are opposed to uh, who are opposed to President Trump, they, they looked at this and they were like, see that all that platinum plan and all that. That was pandering. He don't really care. I don't agree with that. I think he's done a lot already to show that he cares a lot. Man, he's done more than President Obama. <laughs> you know, and other administrations that I'm aware of. And so I wouldn't when people say that, I'm like, no, I think he does care. But I think he could have addressed that question uh, a lot differently. This platinum plan, uh, some of the things that uh, he's desiring to do now, you know, they will say, well, this platinum plan is supposed to uh, work over four years. So he has to be voted back in for it to work. So it's only a political ploy. Well, I mean, all of president, uh, all of vice president Biden's stuff is, you know, if he gets elected, <laughs> then it will work, you know, but without him being elected, it's not going to happen. So 3 million new jobs for the black community. I think that's great. Creating 500,000 new black owned businesses, uh, increase access to capital, uh, in black communities by almost $500 billion, uh, save safe urban neighborhoods with highest uh, policing standards, commit to working on a second step act, access to better education and job training opportunities, to give black uh, churches the ability to co compete for federal resources for their community, bring better and tailored health care to address historic disparities, uh, immigration policy that protects American jobs, advance home ownership opportunities, and enhance financial literacy in the black community, on assuring manufacturing to advance jobs and develop opportunities for black-owned businesses. You know, one of these things he, he points out in his, in his plan, it says immigration policy that protects American jobs. I don't know how many black Americans understand how crucial that is for the black community. That's another show for another time. I might have Abraham Hamilton come on with me and we talk about that a little bit. That that right there, get it gets bypassed a lot. But that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a big deal. But what I want to say on that is I would have held this plan up and said, oh, yeah, well, here are the reasons why I am better suited to uh, take on what's going on uh, with this community. That's what I would have done. You know, I would have said, Man, I've done things in the past. You know, I've shown myself to be a president who has made promises and who has fulfilled them. That's another reason why I believe if he's uh, uh, elected for four more years, that these things on his platinum plan, I believe that they will happen. He has kept his promises. If you want to uh, call in, you have a, a question or you want to talk more about this issue, because I know some people were saying he did this on purpose. He didn't answer the question because he wanted to corner Joe Biden on the law and order front. And that may be true. But if you want to uh, talk about it, 888-589-8840. Uh, if you would like to call and talk talk with me about it. 
you know, and I, and I alluded to it earlier that I, I believe that um, the debate tomorrow will be a different story. I think you have two politicians. Um, President Trump is not a, a historically a politician. I think he's getting better at that type of thing, but he's not uh, what I would consider a politician. But I, I think that uh, Vice President Pence, with his calm nature, he will be able to throw up some facts and say, hey, this is what we've done. You know, and maybe this question will come up since he's debating Kamala Harris, who happens to be, uh, you know, well, they, they would want to make everyone think she's a black American or African-American, but a person of color. So I think some of these issues will come up. And I think you may see Vice President Pence really deal, you know, with these issues and say some things that uh, need to be said. But I'm like, man, on this on this one topic, on this one topic, uh, they have a lot of leverage. They have a lot to talk about. They have a lot that has been done. They have a lot that they can show to say, man, we care. And we not only we talk about it, but we put you know, some plans in action. We have some strategies and we've done some things. And that's one thing I do appreciate about uh, this administration. I, I feel like, you know, they can look at things that you can look at things within this administration. It's tangible that you can see those things that have been done. And so, uh, if again, if you want to talk to me about that, uh, open to those questions. If you want to talk about us being in a war, I talked about that in the first segment that we have weapons and that the weapons that we fight with they're not carnal but they're mighty through God to pull down strongholds that we don't have to be defeated in this life that we don't have to walk around like we are you know weak need and and can't do anything God has given us means in which to war and it's not physical in nature it's spiritual and a lot of times the spiritual doing the spiritual things, the quote unquote spiritual things, that's the hardest thing because we try to do a lot of things in our own strength. The arm of the flesh can be very, very strong. Very, very strong. But God has has set it up that we can do war, that we can do warfare on the spiritual front. And uh, sometimes people get spooked out talking about this, but this is real deal. It's real deal. The things that we see happening within our nation, I would submit to you. That is spiritual in nature It's being manifested by people. You know, there are things that are, are happening that are being manifested through people, but it's spiritual in nature. And so, man, don't man, don't get it twisted. This is a spiritual battle. And we have to know that we have weapons and we have to know that we can fight because God has given us everything that pertains to life and God, godliness. All right. I'm going to go to the phones. Uh, the first call I'm going to go to is uh, Barron in Texas. Hi, Barron. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, uh, well, uh, my comment is, uh, uh, no, uh, keep in mind law and order is Donald Trump's slogan for his campaign. Yes. And uh, and then you just said it just a second ago that uh, that Joe Biden did not uh, uh did not say law and order not one point but yeah. i did but you played the same clip that uh, uh that he said that 
uh, that uh, that violence is there's no place for violence. Mm-hmm. There's no place, uh, and he also did say, if uh, if, uh, if if you break the law, you you sh- uh, you will be prosecuted to the extent of the law. Mm-hmm. At that point, and then so so uh, and they said, but peaceful protesting should be. Uh, allowed, and mm-hmm. then, see, then that's what Donald Trump came in saying, talking about peaceful protest and breaking in. <laughs> no, right. he turned around, and took it right all the way to, to, to the left of yeah. what uh, of what Joe Biden said. Joe, Joe Biden did say uh, he didn't have to say law and order. He said uh, he said he said specifically right there and then when it came down to uh, uh, you will be prosecuted and uh, to the extent of the law. Right? Yeah, he did. He did say that, and but I think by him saying that. President Trump got him to say to his base that um, that I condemn rioting. And but for a long time, they didn't condemn the rioting. They did. They Eventually, they did. But for a long time, they were pretty quiet while this stuff was going on. You know, from the news to the politicians, they weren't saying much about it. But I think what President Trump did get Biden to do was to say that rioting is not where it's at, you know. And how so how is that going to affect? Because I believe that the rioting. It's sponsored by, you know, liberals. I mean, that's what I see. And so what President Trump did do was kind of rattle the base a little bit. Joe Biden's base, you know, I believe, you know, when he got him to say about the the Green New Deal, that he's not that that's not his deal. Man, I'm sure that rattled the radical wing (laughs) of the of that party. And so he did score points on that. But specifically, you know, with this question, I think President Trump had a great opportunity to kind of highlight uh, some of the accomplishments that were done uh, in black America. All right. Let's go to Jeanette in Louisiana. Hi, Jeanette. Hi, Will. Hi. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, Nikki, I said, um, I mean, y'all are blessed. Y'all are blessing. Oh, and thank she you. came back as if she never even had not one labor pain. I heard her yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> she would say differently, but yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. But I'm not going to hold your time up and love you all. But I think he, I think President Trump did good mm-hmm. to me. The mm-hmm. only thing I didn't want like about the arguing, because that wasn't usually him. He would normally let a person talk, mm-hmm. but it was that he came in fighting. He did. Yeah, he, he came in <laughs> on that defensive side because he had had enough. Yeah, I agree. And what I need to, what, and I, what I'm thinking then too is he didn't respond to what he has done to the black community because crime has went down in Baton Rouge, you know, mm. since he's been in office. Mm. He, it really had. It only really started back up in these other areas since these this riots. Wow. Um, you know, since uh, July. Wow. Um. Yeah. Also, with that, with him not even responding on about what he's done, the blacks are going to have to speak out. And I see that because I'm going into prayer daily now mm. that the spell is being taken off the black people by the Democratic Amen. Uh, Party. They have lied to us. We that there is no justice in our own neighborhood with mm. black on black crime. Yeah. They no. don't care if we kill each other. The Klan has taken a break, a vacation. <laughs> Look, I, I agree with you, Jeanette. I agree with that. And you you make some great points. And I, I'm praying that that would change as well, that we wouldn't be beholden to any any party. All right, let me go to one more. Let's go to, uh, let me go to Richard in Arkansas. Hi, Richard. Hello. Hello. 
Hey, I want to uh, tell you all how much I appreciate you uh, contributing to our population. I appreciate any family that's willing to have kids. Oh, thank uh, you. And uh, I would just like to say that one thing that Trump has shown us as a Christian community, if we're willing to see it, mm-hmm. it is okay to get the hammer in one hand and build the wall and carry a sword with the other one. That's uh, Hey, you're right about that. He has done that. And so... We, he's a strong president, and I appreciate that. Well, this has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow. God bless.